630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. It is a weekend of hype. The Battle of Alberta. The Super Bowl. Oh my. Can either one live up to the hype? Does any sporting event ever live up to the hype? Eh, maybe sometimes. You know, the word hype is an interesting one. You can use it as a noun, meaning extravagant or intensive publicity or promotion. For example, there's a lot of hype surrounding the first Battle of Alberta this season. You can also use it as a verb, meaning to promote or publicize a product or idea intensively, often exaggerating its importance or benefits. For example, using that in a sentence... I wonder if that crazy Wilkins kid is going to hype up the Battle of Alberta on his weird little show. Just two examples of how to use the word. Ah, the hype. Can you imagine sports without it? Can you imagine it without the anticipation? But not just the anticipation of the game. The anticipation of the moments. Maybe this is going to be the game I watch that's the best game ever. Maybe this is going to be the one. That'll have the biggest fight ever. Maybe this is going to be the one that'll have the most dramatic finish ever. Well, we'll see. I mean, not every Super Bowl can be a David Tyree helmet catch, right? Not every Battle of Alberta can be a Talbot Smith goalie fight. You know how I know? That's the only goalie fight like ever in the Battle of Alberta. So there probably won't be one tomorrow. But it is fun to anticipate it, and it is fun to hype it up. Uh, Edmonton and Calgary, first of 10 meetings this season, tomorrow. It's right here on 630 Chet, of course. The face-off show will begin at 630. The game will be at 8. And then the Super Bowl on Sunday, which we will have extensive conversations about with two of my favorite gentlemen to talk football with later on in the show, Blake Dermott, our in-game analyst, for our Edmonton football team broadcast, and Chris Morris, who is the head coach of the U of A Golden Bears football team. I'm sure that is going to be fun. Tampa Bay and uh, and Kansas City, you got the high-flying offense of Kansas City going for two in a row. You have the Brady storyline. You have the Bucks defense. You have the Bucks playing at home. See, that? that's what I feel like. All those storylines, how can it possibly live up to the hype? And that's another thing to remember about that David Tyree helmet catch, which is when the Giants beat the Patriots, ruining the Patriots' quest for a perfect season. They'd gone 16-0 in the regular season, won their two playoff games. That actually was one of the worst Super Bowls of all time. There was not a lot of offense. There was a 30-minute stretch in the middle of the game in which no points were scored. (laughs) But it had a great ending. In terms of constant action, maybe the best Super Bowl is the one uh, from Philadelphia beating New England a couple of years ago. That Maybe that's the best one front to back in terms of all the action that maybe lived up to or surpassed the hype. But we wouldn't have sports without hype. We wouldn't have sporting events, big ones without hype. And we wouldn't have... <laughs> We wouldn't have discussions as sports fans without saying the day after the games, eh, you know, that really didn't live up to the hype. <laughs> but occasionally they do. And hey, if it gets crazy tomorrow between the Oilers and the Flames, then then good. 
and we'll talk about it and we'll enjoy it. Kellen Kennedy is back at the 630 Chet Broadcasting Compound. Now, you know all about hype. I as, do. As, as a wrestling fan, but that's artificial hype because they're hyping they're hyping up things that they know are already going to happen. Mm-hmm. They're creating storylines so they can have a conclusion. Right. When, we, when we hype up a, 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 an actual sporting competition, what is it the WWE calls itself again? Sports entertainment? Sports entertainment, yeah. So... So it's basically a soap opera with uh, with athletes and wrestling, basically. Uh, yeah. yeah. Real-life action just, movie. I, I know you don't like it when I say that, but, you know, that's how, how I look at it. And I got nothing fair, against fair. it. That's just that's how I see it. But so they, they know, well, we're going to talk about uh, Hulk Hogan thinking that Jake the Snake Roberts shouldn't wear those boots in a match. So three months later, Jake the Snake can do something to Hulk Hogan with those boots. In, in football, I can talk about uh, Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey or Rob Gronkowski, knowing that come Sunday, one of those guys might not have an impact in the game. Right. Might, so, so that's the advantage of, of hype in wrestling. They know where it's going. In sports, we don't. We can talk about last year's Battle of Alberta all we want. We can talk about the goalie fight all we want. We're kind of living in the past. Mm-hmm. What does that really have to do with tomorrow's game? Potentially, potentially very little, but maybe it will. And that's why we cling to the hype. And that's why, and that's why everyone out there, you, that's why you all want it. You, you know, you, you, you know, it might not happen, but if I didn't come on tonight and talk about that goalie fight or talk about all those previous battle of Alberta's, you'd feel like you were missing out because you want that seed. You want that seed planted that, oh yeah, maybe, maybe I got to watch. Oh yeah. He, he reminded me of that. I got to watch because it might happen again. It might happen again. Here's what's going on in the NHL tonight. No hype. These are real scores. Early in the second period, Bruins and Flyers are scoreless. Red Wings and Lightning tied 1-1. Panthers and Predators tied 1-1. Panthers out shooting the Predators 22-7. Sissons and Barkoff are the goal scorers. Later, the Kings play the Golden Knights and the Sharks will take on the Ducks. So no North Division teams in action today. Besides the Oilers and the Flames tomorrow, there's an afternoon game between the Canadians and the Senators. Senators have won one in a row and the Maple Leafs and the Canucks will play again after uh, Toronto took it to the Canucks pretty bad last night. So those are some of the key games to pay attention to tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Double E Radio 630 Chet. I am happy to hear from you at 780-496-0063. That is the number to both call and text. Now, as we do before big games, generally before the Grey Cup in years where one was played, and hopefully there's one played this year, before the Super Bowl, for sure we do it. And uh, maybe sometimes before a Labor Day game, uh, you know, before a Stanley Cup final, we will take predictions now again the standard rule on inside sports if you are right we're not going to have an edition of inside sports until till wednesday i guess we could do it on the face-off show but we'll 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 say what so if you are right if you text me or call me with a correct prediction for the super bowl and i'm not just talking winning team because that's 50 50 i mean you know a, a, a dog in diapers flipping a coin might get it right Actually, dog doesn't even need to be wearing diapers. I just thought that was a more interesting image. But you know, what's uh, any any you know an an animal uh, picking a sheet of paper with a T? Like, there's this bag milk guy in Oilers Nation. He's got this uh, this dog named Frank, and he draws the Oilers logo 
and the opposing team's logo on a sheet of paper and the dog runs to a treat on one of them and that's the dog's prediction for you know that, that's 50 50 but if you get the super bowl and you get the score exact or really close within a point or two you got to remind me on wednesday so we can celebrate you uh send you a canned ham and we'll put uh, we'll put a portrait of you up in my basement how's that we'll put a hand-drawn pencil sketch of you in, in my basement next to the pencil sketch I have of Christopher Walken, which is a true thing, by the way. I do have a pencil, a pencil sketch of Christopher Walken framed in my basement. So 780-496-0063, call in or text. I'll, I'll read some of the predictions along the way. And again, uh, if you want to get your text on air, it helps if you make me laugh with it. Maybe offer a little tidbit about the game that I might find amusing. There's a better chance of getting on air. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. You can call in as well. Uh, so the and Kellen and I later on will give our guaranteed to be correct Super Bowl predictions, guaranteed to be correct. So we'll do that tonight. And this is to, these are for the Super. We won't do Battle of Alberta predictions because we're in oil country. I assume most people are going to pick the Oilers. And let's face it, it's not a playoff game. We're not picking a regular season NHL game on the weekend with the Super Bowl. So offer the 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 winning team and the score for the Super Bowl. Hopefully, you know it's Kansas City against Tampa Bay. If you don't, why would you bother making a prediction? And actually, let's let's all do that. If anybody is is currently at home or with somebody or has somebody in the vicinity that doesn't know anything about sports or very little or has no interest in sports, if you could ask them for a prediction as well and a score. Just tell them who's playing and just say that you want to score, that you're going to send in your prediction and read what's the other person's prediction as well. I don't care if this is a, a spouse, a, a son or a daughter, a niece or a nephew, a Siamese twin, whoever. Get it from this person who's maybe not that interested in the Super Bowl and send that in as well. And and maybe one of those will turn out to be the right ones. So we'll, we'll do those and read some throughout the evening because those are always fun. All right, so uh, speaking of the Battle of Alberta, yes, uh, there is a lot of hype around it. And Dave Tippett, the head coach of the Oilers, was asked, is the Battle of Alberta more than just another game? Our whole talk is about how we're going to go in there and win. we got to play well enough to win. So there's things that you get your team ready for uh tactically to win but you know it's going to be a hard game there's there's the reality is you're playing playoff games in regular season they're four point games so that that comes into play i understand the whole history and everybody every time that you know we play there's a big build up to it i understand all that that's that's all well and good but you got to go in there with the mindset that you're going to play well enough to win and do things that allow you to win you know, you got to play with purpose and, and do the things that allow your team to be successful in there. But you can't go in thinking that this is uh, blown up by the media. It's going to be some kind of spectacle. You got to go in there and play well. See, that's another thing to remember that if you ever want to kill the hype for a game, just ask the coach a, a question about the hype for the game. <laughs> That'll always pour some water on it. Nuge, Ryan Nugent Hopkins asked about playing the Battle of Alberta without these rowdy fans we have in this province? I mean, we've kind of found the start of the games. Uh, it, there's uh, some momentum, sw- a little bit more momentum swings without the fans, uh, just because, I mean, usually the fans bring energy and um, and you can kind of get momentum from that and uh, get rolling. But once the game gets going, you don't really uh, think about it too much. I mean, you're just playing another game and uh, the intensity is always on the ice anyways. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it makes a little bit of difference at the start, but I'd say once you get going, it's, uh, 
it's still uh, still the same game. All right. And Nuge had a great line today. He was asked by one of our local media hacks, and I was considering playing the audio, but uh, I don't want to totally throw this uh, media member out of the, under the bus, so I'll leave his or her name out of it. But the question was, because uh, Nuge was obviously sort of, you know, downplaying last year's fighting and the potential for this year, and we just got to treat it like another game, you know, saying all the, all the right things. And this uh, this individual asked Nuge, so we shouldn't expect to see any Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Sean Monahan fights then? And Nuge was like just sat there for about three or four seconds, and then and then just goes, "What do you want me to say?" <laughs> which, which I thought was pretty good. It's six nineteen. We'll call a quick timeout. Inside Sports on Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. We'll go down the highway to good old Calgary between 6.30 and 7. What's going on with Sam Bennett? Is he on his way out of the Flames organization? What about Derek Ryan, the U of A grad, who's been a valuable member of the Calgary Flames for the past couple of seasons? I believe he has some sort of a uh, a finger or a hand issue. We'll have to get an update there from uh, Pat and see what they're thinking about this first BOA of the year. Okay, so something has, uh, has uh, happened here. Um, I've encouraged everybody, if, if you want to make a prediction, to to text in your Super Bowl prediction to 7804960063. I will I will read them later in the show, but what has happened here is I've gone to the, like we just access our text through a web page. So if you text something, it's not like coming straight to my phone. It just goes to a web page and then it shows up. I am seeing uh, texts from this morning and it's not loading the current text. So it's one of two things has happened. There's a, a technology glitch that will just have to wait to be ironed out, or I am stuck in some sort of a time warp, just like when the Enterprise kept blowing up, and eventually Data used the number three to communicate to the, his fellow crew members that something was wrong. It's one of those two things, error with the website or time warp. I am leaning towards time warp. Like I'm sitting alone in my spare bedroom with the blind shut. I have no idea what's going on in the outside world. So I only have the text line to tell me something's gone wrong. Anyway, I, I do want to get to this, though, with, with a note about the Oilers lineup. And I think this is significant because there have been some decisions along the way here with the lineup where I'm watching the morning skate to get the lines or it's a road game and I'm, I'm, you know, seeing some data posted about what the Oilers are going with. And I thought, Oh, I'm surprised they're making that change. I wonder why they're doing that. And Tippett has said, well, we have 29 guys here. When you factor in the practice squad, he, he said this a couple of times, this person is working hard in practice. I don't want them to sit for too long. Usually they'd be playing games in the minors. So I want to get them into games. So I asked him about that today, but also that, that fine balancing act where yes, you might want to reward somebody for their practice habits and performance, but don't you also want to reward guys for actually playing well in games and keeping them in? Here's what he said about striking that balance. You know, you want to make sure everybody's involved, whether they're playing or not. 
And what you're doing, like, there's there's a lot of tactics that go into a game when you're looking at different scenario scenarios you're trying to cover the roles, you know, penalty killer, power play, right-handed, left-handed, center. I mean, there's a lot of different factors that come into play, matchups. I mean, there's there's we talk through every guy every day that the lineup, you know, we put a lineup out and we, we put a lineup the way we think that gives us the best chance to win. And that being said, there's times when, you know, when young Bouchard came in last game, we wanted to get him up and going. So there's, there's adjustments you can make to your lineup that uh, you felt you feel like can help you for that game, but also to make sure they're, you're getting everybody included and finding out exactly what everybody can do to help you. Now, I want to also let you know Gaetan Haas did not practice today. Tippett did say, uh, did sound pretty optimistic that he will be available for tomorrow. Goaltender Mike Smith has been a full participant in practice this week. He is not eligible to be on the roster tomorrow. He can't be activated off long-term injured reserve until Sunday. Troy Grosnick, the third goalie, has been placed on waivers. If he clears, I would think he's the backup goalie tomorrow. If not, uh, then they would be left with Stuart Skinner to be the backup. So those are some more of those roster notes for today. Pat Steinberg is coming up from Sportsnet in 960 Calgary. This is going to be the most spectacular segment of radio in the history of the world. That's called hype, by the way. Well, it'd be something if Mike Smith fought tomorrow because he's going to be in his street clothes. He won't be active for the game. NHL action tonight. No score. Bruins and Flyers, four minutes left in the second period. Same part of the game. Panthers up 2-1 on the Predators. Final minute of the second period. Tampa Bay leads Detroit 2-1. Kings and Golden Knights coming up at 8. Sharks and Ducks coming up at 8 o'clock. Bakersfield, the Oilers farm team, ready to go against San Diego. That one won't start until after I am off the air. First game for the Condors in 335 days. The Battle of Alberta. There have been some interesting stretches in this. The Flames have won seven of the last ten. Prior to that, Edmonton won eight of nine. And before that, Calgary won 11 of 14. So over the last five or six years, it's been quite streaky one way or the other. From April 11th, 2009 until January 21st, 2012, Calgary won 16 of 17. My goodness. The Oilers' record against the Calgary Flames, I factored out the one year of the Atlanta Flames. The Oilers have 121 wins, 124 losses 18 ties remember those and nine times they have lost in regulation or a shootout usually i don't do the four columns but because there is uh there are both ties and shootout and overtime losses in this i decided to factor them both in so that would give calgary if you just went wins and losses they would have uh so those nine would give them another so they'd have 133 wins to edmonton's 121 and a lot of that because of what has happened over the last 20 years i am pleased to welcome to the show an all-around great human being it is pat steinberg from sports at 960 in calgary hey pat how's it going hi reed i miss you terribly so it's lovely to hear your voice 
that's, I appreciate that. And you know, I'm available for your show almost any time. So this is good to have you on. How, first of all, how is it also mind-numbingly cold in Calgary today? Uh, yes, like it is dropped about 15 degrees. Uh, now, like the wind's not too bad. Last time I was outside anyway, um, it snowed for quite a bit. Uh, so, yes, it, it, we haven't really had a winter down here. I'll be perfectly honest with you. It's been pretty mild until uh, until today. So it's going to be cold for a little bit. Uh, it's, uh, it's a nice cold snap right in time for the first Battle of Alberta. Yeah, well, yeah, we've had it cold here for the last few days. But, yeah, generally before that, not not a bad winter. And now we have highs of, like, minus 26 coming up in the uh, in the next few days. Anyway, thanks for hopping on the show tonight. It's uh, 10 times this year these teams are going to play. So I am curious to see if we're going to be thrilled or sick of it by the time it gets to meetings 8, 9, and 10. Maybe it'll just depend, uh, depend on how close they are or, or not in the standings. Let's start with some Flames news, though. What, the, what is, in, in your mind, what is going on with Sam Bennett, and should we expect that his departure from that organization is imminent? Yes, I think you should expect that it is imminent. But how imminent is the question, as in how imminent is it and how possible is it that he will play tomorrow night? I think he's going to play tomorrow night, which had you listened to my show yesterday afternoon, I, I don't think that's what I would have been saying. When, when they decided to healthy scratch Sam Bennett yesterday ahead of the game in Winnipeg, their final game of a five-game road trip, I was honestly convinced, and many were honestly convinced, that that was going to be his final game as, or, or he, that he had played his final game uh, as a member of the Flames. And then Derek Ryan gets hurt, uh, sustains a finger injury, and everything changes because now it's a situation where, well, they don't really have another guy that is a natural fit to come in. Had, had Ryan not gotten hurt, I wonder what this scenario looks like. I wonder if Bennett is a healthy scratch once again. Um, so I believe that a trade is imminent, but I think there's a decent chance that he plays tomorrow if he isn't traded by then. And, and I firmly believe, in fact, I, I know that the Flames are, are looking and, and grinding and searching for a partner to see if they can move Bennett. They are, they are trying to facilitate this request. I, I, I believe that. But... It's not an easy time to do that. First of all, I don't know how big a market is for Sam Bennett. Second of all, it becomes even more difficult when you're in the midst of a pandemic and there's quarantine rules and all that type of stuff. So so all of that together means that I don't think it just can happen in the snap of a finger. This isn't Pierre-Luc Dubois who is, is a very sought-after commodity. This is a guy whose trade value is is as low as it's it's been in a long time, and that's coming off a postseason where he was one of Calgary's best players. Now, I, I, I think that we're talking about a situation that, you know, the, the countdown clock is on and, and we're waiting for this to happen, but I think it's going to take a little while longer than perhaps we initially thought. Um, I don't I don't think that this is destined for a reconciliation. I don't think that this is destined for a kiss and make up. This feels like it is destined for a divorce. I mean, even listening, Sam spoke for the first time today 
and he he did not deny the trade request. He said that's between my agent and and Brad Treliving, the general manager. He was asked about being healthy scratch last night, and he said it caught him by surprise. They didn't even really tell him. He said that I came in, uh, I was uh, listed on the board, skating with uh, skating with the taxi squad, and he even said I'm not sure if they were playing games with me or what. So there's he clearly is not on the same page with the coaching staff. Poor management, uh, and 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 that's not saying that there's a criticism to the coach uh, and and his staff or or Brad Living, the general manager. It's just very clear that player and management, player and coaching staff are not seeing eye to eye right now. So it doesn't feel like this one is is going to be reconciled for the long term. But I think in the short term, Sam knows that if he's in the lineup, he's got to play hard. If he plays well when he's in the lineup, he's going to up his trade value. And until he's dealt, he can only control the things that are right in front of him. So that's where I think we stand right now. And uh, stay tuned to see if Bennett is part around one of this Battle of Alberta tomorrow night. All right. Well, that's uh, that's interesting. I mean, we've talked before how it hasn't always gone great for him there, and about his, you know, how he hasn't produced like a like a high draft pick. Uh, so we'll we'll see where that goes. Now you mentioned you mentioned Derek Ryan. Obviously, you know he has got a bit of a following here in Edmonton because he played from the Golden Bears. He he's, so you don't know if he's in or not tomorrow. Is that still TBA? Uh, it is. I'm going to guess no. Um, he's going to see a specialist tomorrow. So he injured his finger blocking the shot. Not even blocking the shot, but he, like, he took a shot off the hand and uh, there is some damage to one of his fingers. That was last night against Winnipeg. Uh, left the game, did not return, looked in a considerable amount, considerable amount of pain and did not practice today. So he's seeing a specialist tomorrow. So I would guess that he's probably out for tomorrow's game, but crazier things have happened. But it doesn't sound like he's going to go tomorrow. We just don't know if it is a, a longer-term thing or if maybe he can be back in, uh, in the somewhat near future. So that's kind of what we're looking at when it comes to Ryan. So I would guess he's not in tomorrow. All right. How... How is that game from last February remembered with the fan base you usually talk to? I mean, it was the Oilers. It was one of their best games of the season. They won 8-3. The second period, they had a team record for shots on goal in a game. Uh, And plus, you know, give Ethan Bear credit for going toe-to-toe with Matthew Kachuk. Mike Smith won the goalie fight. I, you know, and I, and I yeah, like Camp Talbot a lot. What are you talking about? He won the goalie. Yeah. Well, oh, that's very, yes, he won the goalie. Very. <laughs> so, decisive. so did the Flames fans think that was awesome and a sign things are are heating up again, or what? Because here it was kind of like, oh, that's awesome. Let's do this all over again, like we did forty years ago, thirty years ago. Yeah. That that was absolutely the feel here, and I mean, let's not forget that that was the third game in about a three-week span between the two teams that had something. You had the first game, you know, the stay off the tracks game, Kachuk Cassian, that explodes, and you had the war of words, and it carried over into the next couple of days of practice, and you know, Cassian got a suspension. Like, so you had the game that started it all uh, with with Cassian losing it and it being a, a really really close and hard-fought game that ends up being decided by one goal 
Then you skip ahead. We had to wait, I think, about like 13 days or 11 days until the next game, and that was at Rogers Place, and that was uh, the night the Oilers tied it late, uh, went to a shootout, but we saw Kachuk answer the bell with Cassian, so they fought. Uh, Nugent Hopkins and Monaghan fought, and then David Riddick flipped his stick after stopping Leon Dreisaitl. I don't remember if he stopped him or if Dreisaitl missed, but either way, after the Flames won the shootout, uh, David Riddick flipped his stick and there were some strong words about that following the game and then three nights later the fireworks with Smith and Talbot and and obviously Gagne and, and Talbot and Bear and Kachuk and all of the hell breaking loose there so that was the third game in a row where you could feel how much these two teams hated one another and we People down here absolutely loved it. And despite the fact the Oilers won the last game that meant anything, they also won the game in the bubble, but they won the, the last game that meant anything. Um, and what a decisively, you know, it still was like, I can't wait to see these guys again. I can't wait to see what this rivalry is going to turn into. So I think even though there's going to be no fans in the building and it's not going to be almost as loud when the Oilers scores with the Flames score tomorrow, it, it still has that intrigue. And and, and I think the anticipation for this game is higher than any to, to date in this bizarre season. So, yeah, I think it was very much the same. And, you know, while the Oilers won that game in February, the, the first game went to Calgary and, and people were like, yeah, let's do this some more. The fact that the rivalry is back, Reed, and the fact that it's not the pillow fight anymore, like that yeah. is awesome. The fact <laughs> that right. we're talking about this being a real rivalry where both teams are pretty good. I know that both teams have scuffled to start and, and you know the Oilers aren't happy with where they are. The Flames are certainly not happy with where they are right now. The fact of the matter is, last year they were both pretty good teams. And this year they both expect to be playoff teams. And this game means something in the standings tomorrow. Like, let's get on. I cannot wait for these two to drop the puck tomorrow night. Yeah, we used to call it that for year after year, the pillow fight of Alberta for, for far too long, for far too long. So hopefully uh, the, the battle is actually back. How how would you characterize the Flames season? I mean, you know, four, five, and one. So like Edmonton, they're, they're you know, hoping to get back to 500, which Edmonton spent well, most of the season doing now they're trying to get now they're trying to get over 500 has it been uh like are, are there areas of the game that have been kind of a bit bit of a downer like i know they got markstrom and a lot was expected from him what, what would be some of the some of the highlights or lowlights for them well uh i would say as a whole pretty underwhelming and and pretty mediocre start the narrative down here i know there are sometimes some uh, oilers fans who like to tune into calgary call-in radio after some games and so uh it, it has not been a positive place i'll tell you that much um and and that's because they've been an extremely inconsistent team the highs have been pretty good but there haven't been a lot of them and the lows have looked pretty bad and pretty uninspired so that would be how i would sum up the overall big picture of the season if you want to get into some of the specifics and so for me what has been interesting is the fact that 
the perceived strength of this team outside of goaltending. And that has been extremely positive. While David Riddick has had his struggles in his two starts, uh, Jacob Markstrom in his eight starts has looked like a bonafide, legit high-end number one goaltender. So that is without question been a positive. And to this point in his eight starts has, has rewarded that big contract the Flames gave him in October. But, you know, the, the, the perceived strength of this team was their forward depth. And that has not been a strength the perceived weakness or maybe the question mark with this group was their defense group and that has kind of been their strength specifically compared to their forwards but forward depth is, has not been great this year um they have not been able to find a regular right side fit for sean monahan and johnny gaudreau because they've moved elias lindholm from that spot to center he's kind of now their de facto number one center and has played pretty strong in that role with dylan dubé and uh, matthew kachuk but they haven't found that fit on the monahan line at this point they went out and they signed Dominic Simone Joachim Nordstrom and Josh Levo and specifically Levo and Simone they were brought in to be right side options that they felt they could play everyday minutes in the top nine well neither of them have scored a goal through 10 games and while Levo has looked better the last three or four games neither guy has really been an impact maker Nordstrom is more of a fourth line penalty killing specialist and he's gotten better he's been fine the last three or four games but you know the depth that we thought this team had at forward has not shone through Michael Backlund has been underwhelming to this point Andrew Mangiapane took a while to score his first goal so it just that has been my biggest takeaway and and then the other big takeaway would be just the the glaring inconsistencies not even just game to game but the the inconsistencies in game like they, it goes right back to their first game of the season they came out like gangbusters they looked elite in the first 20 minutes against winnipeg and then we're on the back foot all the way until they lost in overtime. And last night in Winnipeg again, they had a great first period where full marks for a one nothing lead could have been up more. And then they had their show ran for the next 40 minutes and ended up losing 4-1. And so those glaring inconsistencies, I'm used to them. We've seen them with this team for the last decade. It's very much a symptom of them being a middle-of-the-pack team. But that, that has been the other thing that has been infuriating for fans down here is that they have not been able to play a consistent game it's been infuriating for fans and you can tell with the players they're pretty upset with the way things have gone to this point as well all right well gonna be fun tomorrow night pat i'm sure you and i will be uh texting during the game as we often do i appreciate you coming on this program stay warm buddy enjoy the game tomorrow and enjoy the super bowl we'll talk to you soon stay safe Reed. thank you buddy that is my good friend Pat Steinberg, host of the Flames broadcast on Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. Well, it's interesting talking. You said how the Flames uh, need to get more from some of their depth forwards. Same situation here in Edmonton. We'll see how it goes tomorrow. 6.30 face-off show, game at 8. Okay, we've come out of the time warp, and we have some of your predictions, and some of them are pretty funny. You did a good job making me laugh. We'll get to some when we get back. <laughs> into the weekend. Is that Greta Van Fleet? The one and only. 
again. Is that Highway Tune? Nope, Safari Song. Same album, Safari though. Song. So you first you're on the highway, then you go on the Safari. It's a sequel. That's right. All right. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. So we'll do some of your Super Bowl predictions here, 780-496-0063. Many of you have texted in. You can call in, too, if, if you like. Well, I, I, I know it's nerve-wracking to be on the radio. I'd make you comfortable. So, first of all, I, I said, just ask somebody that is around you that wouldn't know much about the Super Bowl or football or anything and get them to make a pick. So, Rhonda asked a four year, her four-year-old, and Rhonda's four-year-old has picked Kansas City to win 27-18. That's a pretty good score. It's not like you said 95-92 or something. So that's pretty good. Rhonda's four-year-old has the Chiefs winning 27-18. Uh, the Big L says, Reed, based on the description you just provided, I have to ask you, did they film parts of Silence of the Lambs in your basement? I don't remember what I was talking about <laughs> at the time you texted that, Big L. I was talking about hype. I, I don't, <laughs> were we talking about... <laughs> That kind of okay. We're just gonna leave that one alone. Kelly. Maybe the Christopher Walken drawing, but other than that, I don't think Chris Walken was oh, in I saw uh, Silence of the Lambs. Christopher Walken was not in Silence of the Lambs. No, no I, I don't. Big L's. He's funny, but he's he's reaching for a reference there. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, he is taking Tampa Bay to win thirteen eleven. Now that is a memorable prediction. Thirteen eleven. There'd have to be to get to eleven. You have to have a safety. I don't think you can get to 11 in the NFL without a safety. No, you could go 8-3 and three now. You could get uh, a touchdown, a two-point convert, mm -hmm. and a field goal. So he has Tampa Bay 13-11. Uh, there's some good ones here. A lot of high scores. Uh, couch Coach Al, who is an ex, he's undefeated, on the way, by the way. From the couch, he is undefeated. Has the Buccaneers winning at 45-40. And Jeffrey also thinks there will be a ton of points. He has it 44-41 for Tampa Bay. I'm actually surprised the majority of the picks are coming in in favor of Tampa Bay. Did not necessarily see that coming. Craig says, well, Craig is going with the Chiefs 32-19. <laughs> and, I, and I said try to throw in a little bit of a tidbit or something that might make me laugh so craig says the chiefs will win the game mahomes will retire and brady will sign a five-year extension <laughs> that's pretty good i like that one craig thank you for that and eagles larry says it's going to be 37 34 for tampa bay he goes on to add tom brady has sold his soul to the devil he somehow looks younger every time he is on tv I solved it. He and Jennifer Aniston are vampires. That's why they don't age. Hold me, Reed. It's scary. <laughs> I'll pass on the holding you part, Eagles Larry. Oh, then again, I've never seen you, so maybe, I don't know. We'll talk football, Super Bowl, hype, big games, who knows what else with Blake Dermott and Chris Morris coming up. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.